Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Rachel Myro in for Mina Kim. When young people age out of foster care, they face a greater risk of homelessness, food insecurity, and even incarceration. We'll talk about a new bill in the California legislature proposing a softer launch into adulthood with three years of direct monthly cash assistance. Then at 1030, I'll talk with San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo. We'll want your questions, too, about how to reopen schools in Santa Clara County, rehouse the homeless in the region, and get ready for Google's massive expansion downtown. All that's next on Forum, right after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Rachel Myro, and today for Mina Kim. When young people age out of foster care, they face a rough road without the support of family many of us can take for granted in our 20s. A new bill in the California legislature suggests a softer launch into adulthood with three years of monthly cash assistance. Will it work? Is it enough? Let's start the conversation. Uh, I had earlier this morning with the bill's author, California Senator David Cortese. Senate Bill 739 really does look to the Santa Clara County program, uh, this UBI, as we call it, for foster. UBI meaning? Uh, Universal Basic Income. Um, the, the, the idea, the ideology behind these payments is, is really a very pure uh, basic income or universal basic income ideology. Um, obviously, the universal in that term is from advocates who would like to see a basic income, you know, for everyone nationwide. It doesn't do that, but it's the same principle. And, um, and what happened in, in Santa Clara County last summer is the Board of Supervisors uh, at my initiative launched uh, this program to put 72 transitional age youth, that means youth who are being em- emancipated out of the system, they're on their own, uh, $1,000 a month uh, for a year as a pilot program uh, to, to assess you know, how that works in, t- in terms of supporting them. And of course, uh, we had started that study about six months before. Uh, we went to shelter in place, as everyone knows, around March 16th, 17th. Uh, so by that spring, we realized if we were going to do this in, in Santa Clara County as a pilot, we ought to launch it right away. 
of course, sadly, uh, not a lot has changed in terms of economic hardship from this pandemic. Uh, and as I got here to the state Senate, I was sworn in December 7th of 2020. Uh, so I've been here a couple months. Uh, I realized that uh, this is a kind of a program that probably should be scaled uh, to all 58 counties, not just the county of Santa Clara. So we're giving it a try here. So this was a county pilot. Presumably, uh, people have been watching to see how it's worked or not, what improvements could be made. What, what do we know about the pilot program in Santa Clara County? Well, the first evaluation in Santa Clara County will be coming up, as I understand it, before the Board of Supervisors um, in the next few weeks. There are quarterly reports that are given to the board. We've heard nothing negative. Um, the program has been well received. Um, it's a very, um, it's an interesting kind of an evaluation because there aren't conditions placed on these youth. Uh, let me give you a quick example of why. Uh, about 40% of eman emancipated foster youth um, in this age range uh, end up homeless. Um, the other 60% don't. Um, a lot of more conservative ideologies would say, look, you know, uh, make sure you give them the money with strings attached. You know, give people who are on the brink of homelessness housing money. Give people who are on uh, the brink of um you know, starvation, money for food. Um, and that's no exaggeration these days. Um, what, what basic income does is it says, look, we are empowering you just like the rest of us are empowered uh, to take this money. It's not a lot. It's $1,000 a month, but it just may keep you from being homeless. It may be enough to rent a room. It may be enough to augment your rent so you don't get evicted or thrown out or, or, or just not accepted in, into a tenancy as you move from your family you know, into the open market for housing. Or maybe you've got that handled. Maybe you've got housing handled and that $1,000 a month uh, for you is better situated uh, to move you into the community college system with books uh, and enough food to eat every day. Um, and, you know, as, as most people know, about 49% of the fo emancipated foster youth in California have not graduated high school or high school dropout. So, the idea is let's not be too prescriptive. It's not about big brothers saying we know what's best for you. It's about uh, here's some basic fundamental support. Uh, since you don't have family support, uh, you're basically your family is the county. Uh, get out there um, and do your best with it. So uh, no conditions, but we certainly are going to be looking at uh, how many youth or young people does this help in terms of keeping them out of mental health systems, out of incarceration systems, out of um, food banks, um, out of, uh, you know, homelessness and so on and so forth. I suppose it bears saying that that anybody who knows someone between the ages of 18 and 24 knows that most of those folks have to lean on somebody, lean on family members as they get started uh, on their way into adulthood. But I'm wondering, why do you, David Cortezzi, feel so strongly about this issue? Well, you know, lived experience always has a lot to do with it. it um, you know, some elected officials, I think, don't like to talk about that so much for a variety of reasons, um, maybe more so today than 20 years ago. But I grew up in East San Jose. Uh, my best friends uh, were young people who struggled in, in that age group that you're talking about, and even younger than that. Um, you know, in one case, uh, uh, one of my best friends in the world was was one of seven children, all boys. Mother was a school bus driver for a public school system. It doesn't pay a lot of money, and dad wasn't around. 
Um, and you can see uh, how just a little bit of support can can really be a game changer uh, for young people in that kind of a situation. And foster or uh, foster youth are basically in that kind of situation. In the example I just gave, uh, there was um, a biological mother who was who was you know fending for the family. Um, these foster youth have come up in good foster families, but of course, emancipation says you know, it's D-Day, you're on the street. And, and it's a very abrupt and sudden uh, transition that they're trying to make uh, on their own. And, you know, we knew in Silicon Valley, one of the highest costs of living in, in the country, if not the world, um, that we had a problem. Uh, we're seeing now, as the pandemic exposes more weaknesses in our safety net, that, that the holes aren't just in places like Silicon Valley. Uh, they're up and down on the state. So hard numbers now. Where is this money supposed to come from? Now, the money is, um, we think, is available currently in the social services budget in the state of California, in part because some money was set aside, about $37 million um, in the budget for support uh, for um, what's called here non-dependent um, Non, non-dependent foster youth, um, another fancy way of saying emancipated youth. So we're going to go look at that bud, bucket first. Um, I have the privilege as a state senator of making budget requests, um, and all those, those are not going to be um, extensive this year for a lot of reasons. Um, I do have the opportunity to, to put in a significant request or two in, in the budget bill, and we'll make sure to prioritize this program. That's how important it is to me. Um, and have the companion legislation that goes along with it, uh, SB 739, to enable the program. And and t tell us, you know, sort of in a quick fashion for people who are, don't necessarily work in Sacramento, uh, what happens next for SB 739? What's its path forward? That's a great question. Process is a big issue up here. Um, it, it goes, it'll be assigned now by the Senate Rules Committee, um, to a policy committee. A policy committee will then take this bill up um, and make a recommendation. There'll be two hearings. The first hearing um, should be a hearing where it's voted upon up or down uh, to move it uh, to, to the Senate uh, for a vote. Um, obviously, there's two houses. We have a bicameral system. Anything that's approved in the Senate has to move over to the Assembly, uh, and it has to be approved there as well. Um, and that's what we're hoping happens. That was State Senator David Cortezzi, author of Senate Bill 739. I want to make sure we get some listener questions in early with this segment. So let me give out the number now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Of course, you can reach us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email us, forum at kqed.org. Now then, for some on-the-ground perspective, let's turn now to Amy Lemley, Executive Director of John Burton Advocates for Youth. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. You know, until about a decade ago, uh, as you've said in the past, the message to emancipated foster youth used to be goodbye and good luck when they turned 18, but not anymore. Yes, uh, California has made some significant changes for older youth in foster care. Uh, in 2012, California implemented extended foster care, so young people um, can remain in foster care until age 21. 
And with that, kind of a collection of policies uh, to improve the transition uh, from foster care into young adulthood. Uh, but as the, as the statistics that the Senator cites, we still have a long way to go to ensure that all young people have an opportunity to make a, a healthy, well-supported transition. What do the numbers tell us about this, this last decade or so when California has been offering uh, children, I say children, I mean like 18 to 21 year olds, they're still, they're still starting out, but that, you know, California gives them about $1,000 a month. Uh, what do we know about how that has improved all sorts of things or not? Is $1,000 enough? Well, young people in extended foster care, and there are about 8,000 of them in California, they can live in all of the different types of foster care placements that are available. Um, some continue to live with a foster parent. Um, some live in a transitional housing program. Um, and others live um, independently in what's called a supervised independent living placement. That is the most uh, you know, commonly utilized placement, and that is the one where young people are, um, are receive uh, a roughly $1,000 a month. Um, our extended foster care program has been evaluated by Professor Mark Courtney, led by a team um, of, with Professor Mark Courtney uh, throughout its implementation. And we know that more time in extended foster care is a good thing. It reduces the likelihood of homelessness, increases the likelihood of enrollment in post-secondary education. And so, you know, for, for each additional increment of time, we're seeing positive outcomes. But the senator's you know, proposal is really looking at that next step. We that next step. I'm going to have you hold yeah. your thought there because we're about to go into a little break here. We're talking about a bill that would provide monthly cash assistance for three years after a youth exits foster care with Amy Lemley, executive director of John Burton Advocates for Youth. Uh, what are your questions about the bill? If you've been in foster care or are in foster care now, what are your thoughts about the bill? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Once again, now that you've got your phone at the ready, 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook or at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We're talking about a bill that would provide monthly cash assistance for three years after a youth exits foster care at age 21 with Amy Lemley, Executive Director of John Burton Advocates for Youth. Join the conversation, 866-733-6786. Email us, form at kqed.org. We're standing by on Twitter and Facebook as well. Amy, you know, as, as you were mentioning just before we went into the break, uh, it's not just cash straight up that we give uh, a 21 year old or an 18 year old 18 year old at this point uh, and and just say goodbye and good luck uh, there's also case management and clothing uh, a clothing allowance counseling health coverage through medical uh, it, it seems like like 
we just understand now that uh, young adults need a, a leg up uh, that they haven't gotten in past years. Uh, you're totally right. I think that um, at times we've spent too much talking time talking about how foster youth are different and not enough time talking about the fact that they need the same uh, types of support that all young people need to thrive when they become adults. Uh, we know that families are providing this to their adult children. Uh, more adult children than ever are living with their families and they're getting regular economic support. Um, and so foster youth are really no different. Um, and we want to give them the same support to have a healthy young adulthood um, that other young adults receive. And yet, even though we've had this philosophical shift in the last decade, I couldn't help but be struck by Cortezzi saying 40% of foster youth end up homeless. I mean, that is, that's just unacceptable. It really is. They face, they've always faced a steep climb and the climb got a lot steeper with COVID. Um, they're being disproportionately impacted um, in terms of their housing, their employment, um, their connection with school. Um, and so we really need to step back and, and think about this next phase of their development and how we can support them. Um, because unfortunately, yes, the, we know that while they're in care, the outcomes are improved, but once they leave care, um, even between just 21 and 23, um, a quarter are experiencing you know, full on homelessness, you know, not couch surfing. Um, and so we really need to do more for that next stage of their development to support them and to give them, again, the same kind of supports uh, that a young adult receives from, uh, from their extended family in the United States. Well, the phones are lighting up, so let's go straight away to Shaney in San Francisco. Yes, good afternoon, and thank you for this bill. <laughs> so tell, tell us, Shaney, about your experience. I understand uh, you are a foster care alum. I sure am. Um, in fact, I'm very lucky. I never had to be homeless. I never had to go to jail. And um, when I found out how bad it is for foster youth, and this is late in my life, and I'm sorry, I'm a little emotional. That's okay. Um, I was just appalled. And as a filmmaker, I had to make a documentary to speak for my fellow alumni and youth. I was very lucky. I had um, savings from my dead parents. That's how I ended up in foster care. But when I found out that so many have no opportunities at all and that they're, they just literally out the door into the streets where predators are, drugs, I mean, you know, and they're 18 and they've been in care and everybody at 18 wants to celebrate life. You know, you just got out of high school. And if you're in foster care, you want to celebrate, too, and unfortunately, you can't. And if you choose to, you might end up in this cycle of prison, streets, prison, streets. I'm very lucky to see that many of the people in my film are made it out of that structure. But they need What's it support. called? What's, what's the film called? The film's called America's Most Unwanted, and it is a pun on the fact that we really are wanted, but we have to find our own self-determination. And um, I'm, I actually, I'm 52 years old, so the fact that I'm still so emotional about five years of my life, you know, that alone should let you know it's a bad, bad system. And we need to fix it from the ground up, and we need to help these kids, because there are kids. This is America, no. you know? I 
I thank you, Shaney, for, for these comments. I, I really, I, I feel the pain. I feel the pain. Um, I want to get a, a few more calls in here because we just have a few minutes left. Let, let's move now to uh, Zame, Zame. I'm not quite sure how to say your name in San Francisco. Yes, Zame. Um, hi, everyone. Um, thank you for letting me speak. Uh, I'm an emancipated foster youth. Um, um, my jurisdiction is L.A. County, but I went to school at SF State for four years, and I currently am a participant of, like, a transitional youth um, housing. It's called Larkin Street in San Francisco. So I want to ask Amy about, like, how would you guys reach out to emancipated youth? Um, I'm 23 currently. Um, my birthday was in January. So how would you reach out to, like, I guess, emancipated youth about getting access to the funds? Um, because I feel like this is really important. I hope this bill passes because um, it's really inspiring. I know when I was receiving payments a while um, in a foster, um, extended foster care, I saved up all my money. So I'm able to, like, you know, still um, survive off even after post-grad um, of SF State. But I know, like, that's not the case for, like, a lot of my peers. So, like, how would you reach out to, like, emancipated clients? Great question. Uh, Amy? I think that the senator, um, this kind of the scope of the pilot, I think, will be based on the level of funding it can receive. Um, it is proposed that uh, former foster youth would receive the $1,000 payment for up to three years. And so, unfortunately, I think at this point, that scope hasn't quite been determined. One development, though, that is particularly relevant to what you're saying is regarding housing and specifically housing in San Francisco. Um, and a companion to uh, Senator Cortese's approach is an approach that's been introduced by Assemblymember Phil Ting, uh, because that sting of the transition to adulthood is particularly serious in very high cost counties. So he's joining with the senator to advance a proposal that specifically targets in on the housing needs of young people in this situation. So uh, we're fully behind both of these um, because we know the young people really need it. You know, uh, you mentioned we were talking earlier about about homelessness, uh, but there's also the question about uh, how uh, foster youth are helped through high school and college if they can get to college. It's uh, it, it seems that so much more support is needed to to prepare young adults to be able to survive in in the economy we're in now. Uh, that's a great example of a change that's starting but hasn't gone far enough. Our organization is. Uh, partnering with the California Department of Education and County Offices of Education to ensure that all foster youth who are seniors in high school complete the uh, free application for federal student aid, also known as the FAFSA. Um, being in foster care should not be a uh, any type of barrier to achieving post-secondary education goals, um, including career and technical education. And so now we do have a requirement that young people in foster care are assisted with it. Um, so that they can move on to higher education and really move into long-term economic security. So more of these kinds of reforms are needed so that um, so that it doesn't have to be um, something that you know plagues a young person for the rest of their adult life and they have the chance to transition to a healthy, um, happy young adulthood. So people listening, how can they keep track of this bill uh, and and see whether it survives, whether it makes it through to become law? I think a great way is to, you know, CalLedge Info is a website where you can uh, track all bills that are of interest. 
Also, we'll put information on our website. Uh, we are a strong supporter of the bill and we've worked with the Senator's office on its development. Our website is www.jbay.org. Um, and anyone can reach out to me directly, amy at jbay.org if they'd like to uh, get more involved. Well, let's take another call. I think we've got time for one more. Diane in Moraga. Hello, hi, I'm Diane. Diane. I'm I'm hi. 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 Thanks us, for taking my call. Glad to have you I on the show. I just wanted to. Great. Thank you. I I just wanted to uh, make a comment that uh, I used to live in Texas, and in Texas they give free college tuition for students who are in the foster care system for as far as they want to go in any of the public colleges in Texas that they get into. So I know someone who's got her law degree, um, and I just think we should also, we should definitely pursue all of these programs to really give them a boost um, so they can have all the opportunities that they can, um, that, you know, is offered to everyone else. Thank you, and I'll take my comments off the air. Thank you, Diane. What a wonderful way to end this segment. I want to thank everyone who's called in. If we had more time, we'd keep going. I also want to thank Amy Limley, Executive Director for John Burton Advocates for Youth. Thank you for being here today. You're listening to Forum. I'm Rachel Myra. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.